All right, it's officially been a week since there's been a Syracuse basketball game. Remember, they won the last game in the ACC tournament, and Tim, in, in my book, the person who's won the last ACC tournament game every single year in the history of time has actually won the ACC tournament. So hang the banner. Yep. Because we are now a week removed from the ACC tournament champion Syracuse Orange after they took down UNC. You know, you know how funny that is? If you told me Syracuse beat UNC in the last game of the ACC tournament, you say that sentence at the beginning of the year and you're thinking, wow, oh, Syracuse won the ACC. <laughs> like, what, 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 we, what happened? Yeah. Um, anyway, we are now a week removed from that, which is crazy to think because that feels like months ago when that game happened. And it, it was meaningless in the grand scheme of everything that's happened since then, the sure. fact that Syracuse played and won a basketball game and snapped a nine-game losing streak against UNC. But here we are. We're with you on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Check out the show online at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. And since you're probably working from home, I will say this, Tim. Have you ever – you know when acronyms catch on yeah, right sort away? Of. <laughs> WFH has really caught on. Yeah, right. it has. So if you're WFHing right now, working from home, go and use your smart speaker. Tell your Alexa, tell your Google Home to play the Locked On Syracuse podcast because that is a great way to consume our content these days if you're just quarantining in the house right now. And guess what? You, you let let the kids hear. We're, we're, we're PG on this show for the most part, right? <laughs> so We need kids, to get a, an acronym for us to catch on. Yeah. LOS. Yeah, we're LOSing here in our quarantine. So, anyway, we're going to have some fun today, Tim, because we deserve to have some fun. Especially you deserve to have some fun because Tom Brady. Ah, there it, it is. It's time for you to face the noise here. <laughs> you're, you're a Pats fan. Time for you to face the noise because Tom Brady is no longer going to be a part of your beloved Patriots. Now, I took a class with Mike Waters when I was in college. The great Mike Waters, who writes over at the Post Standard. So be sure to check all his stuff out. And I remember he was telling a story. I think this was after... The whole Michael Carter Williams when he was I can't remember, I don't remember if he was shoplifting. shoplifting yeah yeah at the mall and Mike had to write this whole thing up about him and he remembers he was supposed to I think be at one of his kids birthday parties and he was going to take a rare game off the next day and this came out he had to write this stuff and he basically said he told his wife, hey, I, I had to go face the noise. I, I can't step away from Bayheim because you can't write a, a piece like what happened with Carter Williams and then not show up the next day. So That's true. That, that's yeah. just a, a salute to journalism for Mike because that that's super tough to do. I mean, walking away from a kid's birthday party. But here you are, Tim, on a much less serious note. <laughs> You're facing the noise. You're doing the pod. And in fact, there were probably going to be some people wondering where you were because originally today was supposed to be with Matthew Gutierrez. Technology failed us, Tim. Yes. And we do not have Matthew Gutierrez. So we are going to talk to him later on in the week because we had a great conversation, him and I, for a while. But uh, it's lost in the ether right now. So we will have him. We promise him this time later on in the week. We're, we're getting used to work from home life where we have yeah. to adjust to this new technology and everything. And my dad thought it was going to be Quincy Garrier on the podcast today because he briefly <laughs> heard yesterday on our podcast when I think it was either you or I, of course, mentioned Gutierrez at the end. He thought somehow 
got dyslexic and thought that was Gary A. So he got all excited and was talking to me about how it went. And then I had to tell him that, well, we were going to get Matthew Gutierrez, but we didn't even get him. But we will have him later on in the week. We'll have James yeah. Zuba as well. And we'll just keep making these promises until they come true. Yeah. And hey, Quincy Garrier, you listening? Yeah. I'm on the pod. We'd love to have you. We know you're quarantining up in up in Canada right now. So why don't why don't we we stamp the the technological passport and, and talk a little Syracuse hoops? Anyway, we've kind of dragged this out very long here. That, that's one heck of a, a drag out open by the two of us right there. Let's get into <laughs> it because we are going to do the Syracuse bracket of the best players in their program's history, and this is going to be a 32 player bracket. And you can check out the full bracket on our Twitter account, at LO underscore Syracuse. If you're not following, be sure to tag along with us. And basically, we've got 32 players, a list of 32 that Tim has crafted himself. He hid the fine chiseling work, and here we are. Because, guess what? There, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in Syracuse, but we deserve to have a bit of an off day here, where we don't have to... Oh, get into the whole news cycle of what's going on in Syracuse. Yeah, let's have some fun. Yeah, let's have some fun here on this Wednesday, a week removed from the last time Syracuse played a game. So we've got our 32-team bracket. We're going to do the top half today. What do we want to call this? Is this... I say we call one the the Carrier Dome region and then the Manly Fieldhouse region. Okay, I like that. Why not? All right, so this top one, we'll call it the Carrier Dome region. So, all right. We'll... If you can follow along with the bracket on Twitter if you want, because you can multitask in that capacity. Now, I'm just going to read the matchups as we go. And if you've got qualms with seeding, yell at us. If you got qualms with one of the picks we make, yell at us on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. Or call us out individually, at Tyler Rocky underscore, at Tim underscore Leonard 4. So, basically what's going to happen, Tim and I are going to give our picks, what we see as the better player between the two actually not the better player we're gonna say if these two guys played one-on-one so yeah like you can that. toss legacy out of the out the window let's say if these two guys played one-on-one neutral floor who wins okay we're taking this out to to the street courts and see who wins these games and if we disagree we have the possession arrow all right so Tim gets the first possession arrow since I'm taking the lead in introducing all of this. So I technically have won the tip. Tim gets the first possession arrow if we have a dispute along the way. Are you ready, Tim? I am so ready. Let's get into it. All right. This is going to be fun. All right. First one, we've got the one seed in in the Carrier Dome region. That is the one, the only, Carmelo Anthony. Shocker. And he's going up against the 16 seed, Michael Carter-Williams. Two recent players here. And I think this is a no-brainer. We can't allow Carmelo Anthony to be upset. I mean, Michael Carter-Williams, good player. Had a very nice sophomore season for Syracuse. Pretty good stats overall in that sophomore season. 12 points, 7 assists a game. He actually had the second most assists in a single season behind just Sherman Douglas, who we will get to in a second here. So a good player that took Syracuse to the Final Four. Was an honorable mention All-American. But when he got to the Final Four... Only had two points in that loss to Michigan. Carmelo Anthony had like 33 points in that first Final Four game, if I'm not mistaken. Went on to win the national title. So, no-brainer for me in terms of their overall arc. And also, I do think Carmelo is about as tough as it gets one-on-one in his prime. So, I'm going to take him in that regard as well. Yeah, no need to overthink this one. Final Fours are cool, Mr. Carter-Williams, but 
national championships, those hang in the rafters forever. And let's not forget, Carmelo had arguably not just the best freshman season in program history, but how about in college basketball history? Now, Zion may have something to say about that now, but hey, it ain't a thing without the ring, and Carmelo Anthony has got the ring. Next up, we've got C.J. Fair, the eight seed, going up against Bill Smith. Bill Smith, the nine seed. All the here. kids out there are probably thinking, "Who is Bill Smith? Is that <laughs> like my my teacher? Is that the the accountant for the family? Like, who is Bill Smith? The dentist? No, Bill Smith was a stud for Syracuse back in the late sixties, early seventies. His numbers are crazy, and keep in mind, he only played three seasons because back in the day, you had to start on the freshman team before you could work your way up to the sophomore team and so forth, the varsity, the varsity. team. As yeah. the kids know it these days. Right. And his numbers his senior year are just ridiculous. 23 points a game, 15 rebounds a game. He finished 10th in rebounds in Syracuse program history. That's where he is right now, despite just playing three seasons. And you know what, Tyler? The reason why he's moving on for me, although I do like C.J. Fair, I think C.J. Fair was probably, if anything, a little bit underrated. But the reason why yeah. Bill Smith is moving on is because you don't want to play that dude one-on-one. He had a serious temper. He was known for it. So much so that he punched a referee in his junior season. He was suspended for the rest of the season because of that. Was cut short about six or seven games. But I like that fieriness in a one-on-one pickup game. So even though Bill Smith is the grizzled vet in this scenario, and I do like C.J. Fair, he's moving on for me as the ninth seed. Yeah, I'm with you on Bill Smith because, hey, C.J. Fair, all right, when when... When tempers got at their biggest with referees, think about that Duke game, right? C.J. Fair didn't punch a ref. No. Okay? Bayheim almost did. did. <laughs> well, yeah, Bayheim almost did. Bayheim almost clotheslined a ref that night. But C.J. Fair kept it composed. Bill Smith, he had passion. He had grit. He, he, he went after it, all right? He was not afraid of confrontation, and that is why I'm moving on with Bill Smith. All right, coming up next, we'll get to... The 413, the 512, and the 314 matchup. There's some good ones in here, especially when we've got our caveat of this is a one on one game. So that's coming up next on Locked on Syracuse. All right, time to get into some of the more closely contested of these opening round matchups in the Locked on Syracuse all time orange player bracket. So, Tim. All right, we've got our 413, our 512, our 314 coming up right here. Now, if you want to play along at home or if you've got any disagreements with us, feel free to tweet the show because we'd love to hear from you. Get your thoughts on all this at LO underscore Syracuse, the place to find us. All right, we've got our four seed. That is Sherman Douglas, the master of the late 80s. And then the 13 seed, Greg Coles. This is a pretty intriguing matchup, one-on-one, because two similar guys in terms of guards and size. And Greg Coles, honestly, wasn't much when he came to Syracuse, but really rose into a very dominant player. He averaged 27 points a game his senior year, and that was the second-best scoring season in SU history. So I'm almost tempted to pick Greg Coles as an upset guy, if he was going against like anyone else, but I do think Sherman Douglas, if anything, is underrated in his resume and his total body of work at Syracuse. He leads the program in assists. When he got to that mark, he was actually the NCAA's all-time leader in assists, 
and he did play behind Pearl in his first season, but after that, he started three seasons, took them to a title game, or helped take them to a title game, and he's someone who's also sixth in the program in scoring, so it's pretty tough to beat that, even though Greg Coles is probably underrated as well in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, the way I see it, I mean, Sherman Douglas, he was there every single year, pretty much, whereas Greg Coles, again, and I guess history kind of hurts him here in the fact that he really only played two seasons for yeah. Syracuse. And, and it, again, it's impressive, the numbers he put up, especially his senior year when he's averaging almost 27 points per game, especially without a three-point line, but... I'm with you. We're going Sherman Douglas here. We haven't had any disagreements yet. We no. haven't had to to go to the possession arrow quite yet, but Sherman Douglas takes the cake there. All right, next up, Billy Owens and Leo Routens. Man, this is another tough Billy one. Billy Owens the 5, Routens the 12. Yeah. So this is the classic 12-5 upset, maybe. Right. Routens has potential, and I will say, going through his stats... I'm always amazed at how versatile he was. A guy who's got two triple-doubles to his name. He had the first triple-double in Big East history. But his stats his senior season in 1983, 14 points a game, six assists per game, and seven rebounds per game. I mean, it doesn't get much more versatile than that. I don't know if that really helps you a ton in a one-on-one setting, especially when you factor in that Billy Owens is just going to get a ton of rebounds and probably bully him down low to an extent. And Billy Owens in the early 90s was about as dominant as it gets in terms of that final season for him. 23 points a game, a guy that can score at will and get rebounds at will, was a first-team All-American for Syracuse. So he might even be a little bit underseated as a five-seed. We're not really having much fun with the spoilers here. I don't know if you're going to take Rowdens, but I think Billy Owens moves on just because he'd probably bully Rowdens down low. Yeah, I'm, I think that's the perfect way to put it. And again... We didn't really take into consideration stuff like that when when we seeded them. At right. Least, well, I'll let you speak on that, but I don't think you no. did. But, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a Big East player of the year in Billy Owens, a first-team All-American. Routens was good. I don't know if we'll mention All-American, but I'm, I'm sticking with you. Going Billy Owens right here. Next up, this is probably the most intriguing matchup, I think, that we put out here on, on the – the bracket. We've got GMAC, the three seed, going up against one of his fellow coaches, Eric One of his fellow teammates. Yeah, and teammates. Once upon a time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is tough. And we had our buddy uh, Nate Dickinson respond to us on Twitter and say this is yeah. cruel, making us decide between GMAC and Eric Devendorf. I can't pick against GMAC, though, I don't think. I mean, because if the game, say we're playing to 11 here, if it's 10-9 coming down the stretch and he's got a chance to win it, he's making the shot. I mean, we saw that in the Big East tournament. We saw that all throughout his career. Even when he was a freshman and won that national title for Syracuse as the point guard, he hit six first-half threes in the title game before he got hurt. Like, any time the moment rose and he had to deliver, he delivered. And I think Devendorf was clutch too, but honestly... Maybe kind of a hot take, but when you go through Devendorf's numbers, I, I think he was just a very fun player to watch, and he brought a lot. And even Beheim's Army now, he's a very fun player to watch, and he's been great for them. But it's not like he was really a sensational, record-shattering player at Syracuse. He was there for four years, 
one of those years he tore his ACL and his numbers are really just pretty solid overall he was very consistent he was a starter for a while he had some moments in that uh, six overtime game of course the shot that didn't count but he didn't really win any accolades in terms of All-American or Honorable Mention All-American or didn't really go that deep with Syracuse so if anything I think he's a little bit overrated just based on that he's a flashy fun player and was an aggressive player and people were kind of drawn to that yeah I think I'm going to be a little bit more in favor of the guys who won it all and and you can say what you want it was Mello's team but GMAC still scored in double digits in four of the six tournament games and the two that he didn't he had nine in so he's knocking on the door he was hitting big shots of course everyone remembers him for the Big East tournament and just the overall grittiness that yeah. he had I mean playing through injuries and, and I mean you think again this has been a, a word that that's been used a lot a phrase that's been used a lot in the past couple of months but like mamba mentality gmac had it and, and that that is one of the and he's got the great tourney runs so yeah it's hard to hard to go against gmac so. i could see him oh. if if we actually did this and magically could get every player to be in their prime he would have a virginia like run if he won it all meaning this might be the game where he gets down and then comes back kind of like that big east tournament where they were down a couple times and yeah. he had to hit shots and then he would never blow out an opponent, but he'd get down and then click it into a gear and show why he's the clutchest player in Syracuse history and hit those late-game heroic shots because that's how he always was, and I think he would really thrive in this type of setting, even still now. I mean, you see him warming up before games, and he's he's still got the jump shot. Yeah, I'm sure this game has been played. I'll have to ask some of the people that we went to school with that were managers and ask who wins one-on-one. Yeah. And I will say, if I if I get a text back saying that, nah, Devendorf gave Jerry the work in one-on-one, I'm willing to go back and, and veto this pick. <laughs> well, Devendorf's we got that? some mass on him, and he could go to that left hand, which he's famous for. But yeah, th- I'm sure they played one-on-one countless times, which would be yeah. so much fun to watch. Because I know they run with the managers, so if, yeah. if they say if they say Devendorf has the edge over GMAC, I- I'm willing to go back and... and okay redo this pick are you okay with that that's fine just contact your sources and i guess get there rather quickly because we're gonna have to pick gmac against someone else soon here (laughs) (laughs) all right so sherman douglas moves on billy owens moves on and jerry mcnamara moves on coming up next we'll get our 611 710 and 215 not a lot of disagreements so far but we might have a little something for you here coming up on the next the last segment of this all-time Syracuse bracket okay final stretch here as we wrap up round one of the Carrier Dome region of the all-time Syracuse bracket we've got the 6-11 matchup Roosevelt Bowie and Rudy Hackett the 11 seed coming in here what do you say Tim Leonard so I'm going to go spoiler here. I think I'm going to finally take an upset, an underdog, whatever you want to call Ooh. it. I do like Roosevelt Bowie, and obviously goes without saying how good the team was and how big of a recruit he was. Keep in mind, he was one of Jim Beheim's first recruits and has a great, great resume. But Rudy Hackett, when you look at his numbers, a guy that really does not get brought up much in the 
best Syracuse players of all time category. But let me just read you off his resume here. His final season, and this guy who played 72 to 75, so kind of right before Bayheim came. His final season, again, another guy that played three seasons after a freshman team season. He had 22 points, 12.7 rebounds, and three assists a game. He was a second-team All-American, something, by my count, Roosevelt Bowie did not reach. He was just an honorable mention All-American twice. And just in one game in his senior year against Holy Cross, check this out, Tyler. 35 points, 18 rebounds, 7 assists, and he went 16 for 19 from the floor. He's six all-time in Syracuse history in rebounds despite playing just three seasons 24th all-time in scoring and he also brought Syracuse to its first final four ever I mean that guy's resume is outstanding and he's an 11th seed in this bracket and you don't really hear his name that much in the top 15 top 10 Syracuse all-time but I think he's got a case yeah my thing here is Roosevelt Bowie, I mean, it was the Bowie and Louie show. I mean, they, they are one and one and one. They are synonymous. They are together. It's kind of like if you broke up any of these powerful duos that you see in the NBA, how good are they on their own? Can they go out and win on their own? Meanwhile, Rudy Hackett, I mean... Maybe if you broke uh, up Brady and Belichick to, too soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's self-inflicted, okay? Yeah, I did not... Do, just, so don't complain to me after I'm that not, I'm digging shots. You were pretty light on me, that, that, was sel- that was self-inflicted right there. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I'm going to go Rudy Hackett as well because... Oh, wow, listen, okay. Listen, to... to to quote Mike Singletary, I want winners. And he helped Syracuse to its first ever Final Four. So give me Rudy Hackett on this one. A member yeah. of the Danforth gang. And Bowie did win a lot, too. I mean, the Bowie and Louie yeah. show, 118 over their four-year career at Syracuse. That's pretty remarkable. As you said, they were great. Yeah, I'm not well, dismissing but... the fact that, yeah. that Bowie didn't win. He obviously won. But give, give me Rudy Hackett because, I mean, bringing a team to its first Final Four ever is important stuff and, and kind of puts your program on the map. So that's why I, I'm giving Hackett sol- pretty much solely because he is older than Roosevelt Bowie. But I, I digress. Next <laughs> up, we've got the 7-10 matchup, Preston Shumpert and Dennis Duvall. All right, I'm pretty torn on this one too. And I think I'm going to go back to a guy who played with Rudy Hackett and Dennis Duvall because actually I'm kind of torn <laughs> Preston Shumpert. Can I give my pick? I'll, yeah, you I'll go, go my pick first, all right? Yeah. I'm sticking with Duvall, all right? I'm, okay. I'm sticking in the pre Bayheim era with a lot of these guys here. But give, give me Duvall. He's one of the better scorers all time. And, again, he his numbers may be skewed in the totals of things, so you may not see him all the, t- all the way up in the all-time scoring list. He's 22nd all-time. But, again, that that's the time when – these guys had to earn varsity spots. Right. Third-team All-American as a senior and, and averaged uh, 20, 24.5 and 3.5 and uh, during um, his career. So I, give me Dennis Duvall here. Preston Shumpert, again, he, he was on that team that in his senior year went from 14-2 and two and yeah. dropped all the way to the NIT. Not great, but Preston Chumpert also had back-to-back seasons, and I think I am going to take him. So this is going to be our first disagreement here. He had back-to-back Uh-oh, seasons. Oh, got to go to the possession arrow. I know. Do I have the first possession arrow, right? You have the first possession okay. arrow. We have not used it yet. So Preston Chumpert's moving on, and I'll tell you why. Because he did average 21 points a game his senior year, six rebounds. 
But he was back-to-back times an honorable mention All-American because the year before that, his junior year, he also led the team in scoring, averaging 19.5 points per game. So think about what Elijah Hughes did this year where he's averaging right around 19.5 points per game. Shumpert did that two seasons. He also broke the SU single-season three-point record his senior year. He was a part of the team. Yeah, which has since been broken, right? By Andrew White, yeah. He was a part of the team that that collapsed as you said so that 2002 team leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths but i think individually speaking and this would be a fun matchup if it could actually somehow happen because it's two guards sort of and two guys that scored a lot and scored right around the same amount of points per game but i will lean shumpert because he did it two seasons and i think he also was a little bit underrated in terms of his stats all right last matchup here don't think there's going to be much discussion on this one. We've got Derek Coleman, old DC, number 44, going up against Vinny Cohen. Vinny Cohen, 15. I will say, obviously I'm picking Derek Coleman here. He has to move on. He's arguably, I'd say, a top four Syracuse basketball player of all time. And it's going to be really fun once we get to maybe when Derek Coleman's playing Jerry McNamara or playing Carmelo Anthony to kind of go head-to-head on their resumes and pick a winner once we get down to the stage of this. But Vinny Cohen is not to be sort of overlooked here because what he did is he came to Syracuse in the mid-50s, was really one of the first prominent African-American athletes at the school, and led them, led them in scoring three seasons in a row, got them to their first NCAA tournament berth. Now at the time, the NIT was probably a little bit bigger of a deal in the mid-50s, but all things considered, he's one of those players that as we go further away from when he played, you kind of forget about him, but was a huge trailblazer for Syracuse basketball. And he, who did he lose to, Tim? He lost to North Carolina back yep. in 1957 in that Elite Eight game. So he was losing to North Carolina before it was cool. So kids take <laughs> notes. The, and the Syracuse athletes clearly took a lot of notes from Vinnie Cohn because they, they have not handled... UNC well, although they did a week ago today. So right. no, but yeah, Derek Coleman, the easy pick there. All right, let's recap this real quick. Carmelo Anthony, the one seed, moves on. He'll go up against Bill Smith in the next round. Sherman Douglas taking on Billy Owens. That's gonna We've be got G Mac and Rudy Hackett. Then Preston Shumpert on the possession arrow gives uh, gets a run at Derek Coleman in the next round. So. We'll have that for you. We'll continue to knock some of these out. Again, when news breaks, we'll probably do a little bit more of... We'll, we'll, we'll keep this to a segment or two moving forward. But yeah, this is just something to have in mind. We'll have brackets for you pretty much throughout... Until football season really gets ramped up. And to be honest, we don't know when that's going to be. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted on all of that. But yeah, this is the first one. Some other ideas we've thrown out there... I think we are definitely going to do Marek Madness because you and I both love Marek Dolajai. Who doesn't? In fact, Marek Dolajai actually gave me my first scoop, so um, we'll share what that, that is story. later on. In fact, you know what? Let's that that might be a, one of the categories in Marek Madness. Okay, it's not necessarily just Marek plays or Marek things he does. It's going to be everything Marek. So watch out for that. That's coming up That'll as be well. Fun. Um, but yeah, no, so, I mean, we're quarantined. We've got plenty of, of time on our hands. We've got guests lined up. I mean, I'm pretty much running on, on gummy bears and Tostitos right now in my quarantine. I don't know about <laughs> you, Tim, 
but I'm th- right that's right the stage we're you. at right now. So yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for today. We will have round two of this at some point. You want to do the next round with Zuba? With yeah, Zuba we could do that. Yeah, we could do that because then there's three of us. We can break some of yeah. these ties. Keep so in mind, we, we may still have got, special guest pickers. We still got half of round one to do. The whole bottom side yeah, of the bracket. We've got the so. whole Manly Fieldhouse region. So. Yeah. That is coming up later on in the week. For Tim, I'm Tyler. Stay safe, stay healthy, and be sure to check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network, including the Locked On ACC Podcast, because they're doing lots of good stuff right now. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow.